0: Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Let me dive right in with a question that I've received on a very important topic, and I'll talk about this topic for the rest of our time together. Uh, A young man named Travis, uh, who is one of the listeners, has asked me about something I said about Christian statesmanship. I'm sure I said here recently in a number of podcasts that one of the things people needed to understand a little bit better and that Christians especially should understand better is Christian statesmanship, that it was part of the solution, that it had been a noble thing throughout history, and that we needed to reclaim this, uh, this force, this practice, this understanding, this vision in our own time. Well, Travis asked the obvious question, tell us more about this Christian statesmanship. What is it? Uh, how does it function? Why is it valuable? Great question. Let me answer this. And by the way, let me just say quickly what I always say, which is I know I have a lot of people who are not Christians listening to my podcast. I've got Sikhs. I got Jews. I got Muslims. I'm thrilled. I got atheists. Glad you are all here. Glad for you, Jewish friends. And every so often I'll speak distinctly as a Christian. I know you're good with that uh, because that's just who I am and how we function here. Uh, But we honor all of you and thrilled that you are here to listen. So, Christian statesmanship begins with a basic understanding of Christian theology. When you think about Christian statesmanship or you think about a Christian statesman, the beginning has to be a, a basic rooting, a basic understanding. You build, in other words, Christian an understanding of Christian statesmanship out of Christian theology. And in brief, what this means is that you believe that there's a God. You believe there's a God who has created all men. You believe that God has ordained the nations, has created the nations, has created as Scripture says the extent of men's habitations, where they should live, their times and their seasons. And so you bring this understanding to the craft of being a statesman. Well, what difference does it make? Well obviously you believe that god is involved in these things but christian statesmanship is not a matter of just sitting around waiting for god to do something it's a matter of engaging in noble uh, negotiations and work among nations but framed by christian theology if you're coming from christian theology you will see you will have respect for everyone on the planet now, that's not always been the case in history. I'm well aware of that. Some of you are going to say, well, heck, wasn't it Christians who really engaged in the slave trade? Absolutely. And they were in sin and they were wrong. And we can we can stop right there and never go any further. But the fact of the matter is, yeah, sure, Christians have often been idiots in, in history. They've been KKK members and they've been slavers and and so on. It doesn't mean the whole faith is a lie uh, any more than some of the same allegations that can relate at the door of Muslims or Jews or or, or some other religion. So we, let's not just judge religions by the deformities, by the aberrations. Let's judge religions by the noble things that they uh, contribute to who we are as human beings on earth. And a Christian understanding is that each person is made in the image of God each nation is made according to the purposes of God, and they should be treated with respect. From a true Christian understanding, you would never put down a person of a given gender. You would never put down a person of a given race. You would never get put down a person from a certain part of the world. So you begin with respect. You begin with understanding that you are contending with God-ordained things. Any reading of Acts 17, for example, causes us to understand that God has created the people of the world. He has set the extent of their Habitations. He's determined where they live. He's determined their times and the seasons. So as you're negotiating in, in world events, as you are negotiating as a Christian statesman, as you're working in international events uh, or as a Christian statesman in whatever capacity, you begin with respect. You begin with understanding that you are dealing with things that are valuable, things that are ordained, things that should be respected. You would never engage in a, in a course of genocide. You would never enslave a people. You would never prefer one nation to the destruction of another. You would never do that, okay? The second thing that we need to do is then understand that a Christian statesman, somebody who engages in international affairs or or maybe perhaps national affairs, uh, again, as a Christian, coming to it from a Christian understanding, framed by Christian theology, is that you believe in morality. Now, this, this sounds simple, but it's true. You believe that the truth is important. You believe that there is wisdom to be had in, in subjects and things to be done uh, according to uh, a moral vision. Uh, you would not engage in murder. You would not believe that murder ultimately accomplishes righteous ends. You would not believe that theft ultimately engages in righteous ends. You would not believe that injustice engages in righteous ends. No Christian statesman, for example, would condone or encourage or uh, orchestrate um, the suppression and starvation of a people group. No Christian statesman would ever engage and support and orchestrate uh, the mass genocide of a people. No Christian statesman would ever, um, should ever engage in systemic lies for the sake of accomplishing their ends. You are accomplishing noble ends and you are using moral boundaries as a guide to your conduct. Now, this is not just preaching. This is not just talking about personal morality, but this is talking about national morality. Christian statesmen would not assassinate another people's leaders, uh, a leader, unless that person is an unbelievably vile um, and engaged in unbelievable systemic wickedness. I believe, for example, that the assassination of Adolf Hitler would have been a moral act, and I commend, obviously, those like Dietrich Bonhoeffer who int- attempted it and were part of it. Um, but that's. But as a, as a rule. You don't simply assassinate the leader of a foreign power for the sake of gaining control of of the oil fields of that nation or gaining political hegemony uh, in in a global contest uh, or chess match. Uh, you You maintain moral boundaries. You treat people with respect. You understand that these are God-ordained people. These are God-created people, that there are God-ordained moral boundaries. You're working, you're cooperating with God in the management and the orchestration of the nations of the earth. That's really how it goes. I'm not saying that God meets with you and dictates to you, but you understand his will and you conduct yourself accordingly. Okay? Okay. You also understand that since God rules the world and and, and human beings are flawed and sinners, there will be wickedness in the world. There will be evil. There are evildoers. There needs to be a hedge against evil. You need to have boundaries uh, so that, for example, a strong defense is is not inappropriate so that uh, coalitions of nations to hem in evil, evildoers is not inappropriate. This is actually one of the great arts of statecraft is that you are encouraging right Consciousness and nobility, but you are working against wickedness in the world. And wickedness is not defined as a certain skin color or a certain gender or a certain region of the world, it's defined by people's conduct. So the idea that again I'm using World War II as my illustration, the idea that you have the Allies, this is a League of Nations, so to speak, binding together to oppose the atrocities of Nazism in Europe. That is what that is the art of Christian statesmanship. I would say that Winston Churchill was engaging in the art of Christian statesmanship. I think Winston Churchill conducted himself largely along the lines of Christian moral boundaries. Um, God knows I would not ask you to model your prayer life on him, <laughs> and. He certainly did some things that were immoral in terms of the conduct of foreign policy, but nevertheless, i think, I think that what he was doing in trying to build a coalition of Western nations to oppose Nazism this is obviously the very essence of christian statesmanship, so you number one, you recognize. Uh, uh, God, God, the God ordination of the nations of the Earth and the peoples on the earth and the, and the, the different nationalities and times and season ones what have you, you recognize a moral vision. you also recognize that evil exists. You don't live in a Pollyanna naive kind of framework which assumes that all men are good and well-intentioned. that's not true. that gets you killed. that gets your nation destroyed. Then, of course, number four, you believe in justice. You believe that wise men conducting themselves with moderation and engaging in justice. Can do, accomplish great things. You attempt justice. You attempt to encourage justice. You attempt to encourage a righteous vision that leads to justice. What was World War II, to return to that illustration? It was a visiting of justice upon evildoers. That's what the whole thing was about justice, righteousness, a noble vision, a moral vision. We didn't want to see people in concentration camps. We didn't want to see people decimated. Yes, people had to die in the pursuit of liberation, but these people were unfortunately played by evil powers. And so, yes, the innocent suffer. I think you understand what I'm saying. And so a, a Christian statesman conducts themselves with the goal of justice and peace. That's the goal. That's the norm. You don't try to encourage the, the, the horrors of war, the horrors of combat, the horrors of armed conflict beyond what is absolutely necessary for hemming in or destroying evildoers. And then, of course, the Christian statesman has to have an understanding of what a, a peaceful, successful, prosperous nation Uh, must-have. It has to have an understanding of economic justice. It has to have an understanding of how an economy works. It has to have an understanding of what a fair economy is. It has to have an understanding of what justice means and how law uh, and private property and factors like that work in a society to bring peace and prosperity and fairness. Uh, Justice is not up for the highest bidder. Uh, Laws cannot be purchased. Uh, Scripture speaks of mischief being framed by a law. Laws cannot be purchased. Mischief is not framed by a law. You believe in justice. You believe in righteousness. You believe in a level playing field. You believe in fair play. You don't believe that justice or the economy or laws should go to the highest bidder, that the wealthy should rule. Uh, you might have the variations in what kind of government you have ruling a nation, uh, where Christian statesmen prevail. Sometimes there are monarchies. Sometimes there are democracies. Sometimes there are republics. All of those fit in the pale of a Christian vision of what government can look like. There are variations on a theme based on nations and their needs and what have you. But still, you believe in fairness. You believe in justice. You believe in fair play. Uh, you, you don't, you don't, you work against uh, Uh, government or elected leaders being up for the highest bidder. You You work against injustice. You work against cartels and mafia kind of politics and corruption. You believe in justice and truth and fair play and care for the underprivileged and all of those values that we see in scripture. In fact, you ought to major if you're a Christian statesman on the Old Testament prophets and read the just the the, the vision of justice and social justice and social prosperity and social fairness uh, and social righteousness that the prophets extolled and that came from God. So. All of this is built into what it means to be a Christian statesman. But finally, let me say this, that a Christian statesman, him or herself, has to be somebody who is called, has to be somebody who is gifted for these things, has to have the gift of moderation, has to recognize that God has positioned them for these things. And I'll tell you, it's not easy stuff. It's absolutely not easy stuff. I've been at the conference table when uh, peace is being negotiated. I've been in the rooms and the offices of prime ministers and presidents. Uh, I'll tell you what, it's a tense situation. Big decisions are being made. Lots of personal and psychological factors. You got to know who you are. You got to know your values. You got to know your call to that moment. And you have to not be living out anything artificial because it will be Exposed. If you've gotten there artificially, uh, if you're engaged in some kind of imposter syndrome, you will be exposed. You got to be genuine. You got to be gods, and you have to have prepared yourself and been and allowed yourself to be prepared well for that moment, because it's high test stuff. Let me assure you. But the vision of Christian statesmanship is something I want to see. I want to see st- restored more. I want Donald Trump to be more of a Christian statesman. I want the people in Congress who claim to be pres- to be Christians uh, to be better uh, to be Christian statesmen. Uh, yeah, I want that Judeo-Christian ethic, which, by the way, also pervades much of Islam. Uh, I want it to shape who our statesmen are, and I certainly want to see Christian institutions, churches, schools, what have you, talking about Christian statesmanship all the more. So Travis, I appreciate the question. I appreciate the vision. Let's continue to teach it. Let's continue to extol it. Let's continue to write about it. Let's continue to reward it. Let's continue to encourage it on our public stages. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times best-selling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.